We're combining all the best old school wisdom with all the top new school methods to bring you the optimal way to coach and play the great game of baseball. This is the 80-20 Baseball Masterclass with Coach Bo. Welcome everyone. This is Coach Bo with 8020baseball.com. I hope you're all doing well today. Hope you're all making the most out of today. Here at 8020 Baseball, our goal is to help players and mainly the coaches that lead those players to help those coaches discover better, faster, more efficient ways to coach, i.e. better, faster ways to create an awesome team culture while properly developing better all-around players from the skills to the strategies, whether that be practices or games. All right, now for part one, I got a recommendation here. Phil Jackson, the Zen master, Phil Jackson. Most of you all know Phil Jackson or who Phil Jackson is. Phil Jackson used to give or would give one book to each of his players every year. He would give one book, a different book, to each of his players every year. Now these books I would not give to youth players, but that's where this part one comes in. My recommendation is that you give each of your players one of the books from Jocko Willing's Way of the Warrior Kid series. The first one, The Way of the Warrior Kid, or Mark's Mission, you know, The Way of the Warrior Kid. Number three was Way of the Warrior Kid 3, Where There's a Will. All three of those books are are excellent books for players ages you know five six seven eight nine ten eleven maybe and you can kind of feel it out depending on your players now I wouldn't necessarily give these books to high school players or college players or pro players but for youth coaches especially the seven U, the eight U, the six U, the nine U, the little leagues the pony leagues you know so long as they're maybe a, a little younger on that on that spectrum I highly recommend giving them just purchase for your team or have your parents pitch in maybe they can fund it but maybe it comes from the coach rather than from mom and dad and you know maybe you can request like hey can you add $15 to the fee and I'm going to purchase this book you can also get the audiobook version of these and I think that's really cool for players to get both the to read it and to listen to it I'm a big audiobook fan I read right off the paper but I also like audiobooks it depends on the situation it also depends on the book but it also just depends on how much time I have in any given day or week or month Phil Jackson gave a book, and not just because Phil Jackson gave a book to each of his players does that mean it's the right thing to do, but I think that these books are awesome books that the kids, these young youth players are not getting. These Jocko Willings, The Way of the Warrior Kid series are books that all of our youth should be reading, especially our young boys. These young men, boys should be reading these types of books, I think, more often, and they're not getting them for the most part in school, and I think that they can go a long ways, not just to help players on the field in athletic competition, but also in life. I actually gifted one of these to my nephew and he loved it. And my brother said he just, he loved it, didn't put it down. And he read it when he was six and he loved it. I do think that the age is going to depend on the kid, but I do think six, seven, eight, nine, ten, it shouldn't be a, shouldn't, that should definitely fit well. So the way of the warrior kid series or other books similar to this, be creative as a coach. If you go to Amazon or you go online and search these books, a lot of times, right, they have recommendations for other books that you may like. Find some of these books that fit the age group. When you get a little older, you can give books like the seven habits of highly effective teens you can give that to your high school team or you can step it up when you get to college and professional and you might give them the the power of now by Eckhart Tolle so you can give books and I do think if you give them one book 
at the beginning of each year, preferably in the preseason, to read and digest. And then you can have them write, say, a one-page response or a two-page response, depending on their age, or a half-page response or a summary in their own words of the book. You can also have them, if you give two or three of them the same book, give them each their own copy, but maybe you give them the same title. You can have them group up after reading the book, and they can create a presentation for the rest of the team. And this can, a lot of this stuff can just be done electronically via, you can do it via text message or email. I know young kids really don't get into email, but they can do it over Instagram. They can do it over their little social media platforms or Facebook. They can kind of meet up and group up and do their stuff there and message each other and kind of set up a presentation. Maybe you give them some time to get together and kind of choreograph a little presentation. Nothing big, nothing elaborate, but a presentation to the rest of the team that shows that those players that read that particular book understood the key points from the book. And then also it helps them kind of internalize it and digest it even more as they teach it to the rest of the team. And also it helps teach the team important concepts and other players, their peers, important concepts using their verbiage and their wordage. So I think that can go a long ways, but there's a lot of different ways you can handle it. Or you could just give them the book and then ask them later what they thought of it, or just a simple one page or two page response or summary in their their own words of the book and what it meant to them, or you can give them some questions, some open-ended questions about the book or about any of the books. Maybe they could just be like a template that you could use for all of the books and you can give those to the players. They can fill it out electronically or on paper. And you know, it's kind of some accountability that they actually read it. And you know, you want to give them something that's going to move them and, and help their life and get them going in the right direction. And I think that's a great way to do it. And so far as they're not getting a lot of these types of books at the school, or if they are, maybe you can fit a different book that you really think could be important for the youth or for your team or your player or an individual player. Maybe they're going through different struggles of different things or, or whatnot, and you can fit it. Or you can just go kind of with a default you know, set of books and hand those out. So if you don't want to sit there and really dive into each player's needs on a deeper level, you can give them a book that almost assuredly resonate with all of your players. All right, part two, coaches. Avoid trying to coach all at once. Coaches, try to coach and focus on one thing and really hammer on one key part of whatever it is you're trying to coach. Try to avoid overcoaching. Try to avoid throwing the whole kitchen sink at players. Here's what happens a lot of times, and this happens with all of us in a lot of different situations in life. Our ego takes over and we want to share and we want to tell everything that we know or share everything we know. We want to come across as very knowledgeable, but what it does on the receiving end is it creates a lot of clutter, a lot of confusion, a lot of fog, a lot of just a lot to an event. And also a lot of times it's just, it becomes a in one ear, out the other. I only remembered coach the first 10% of what you told us. I don't know about the last 90%. I had checked out. My mind was elsewhere, yada, yada, yada. So remember, all that matters is that your players have fun and that they are successful when it comes to game time or practice time. They have to, they want to have success and they want to have fun. You don't have fun seasons. Players do not have fun seasons and they don't finish in first place simply because you gave them an encyclopedia of information. 
It just doesn't work that way. Teams are not successful because they were coached with more information. They were given more information and more strategies and more technique points, uh, skilled technique pointers and things like that. It's paralysis by analysis. It's overthinking. It, It creates robotic, rigid movements, slower players. Players play fast when they have decluttered mindsets. They play fast when there's clarity. And clarity comes from underwhelming, or should I say, not overwhelming them with a bunch of information, making sure that what you're teaching them is key. Don't feel like you need to overcoach. Don't feel like you need to throw the whole kitchen sink at your players. And a lot of times I've seen this with youth coaches because the youth coach wants to sound like they know a lot and they want to come across as very knowledgeable. And many times they are very knowledgeable, but they want to make sure all the assistant coaches and all the other parents and all the other people around or the players know how smart they are or how much they know. And this happens everywhere in life. It's kind of like listening to a conversation or maybe you're getting in a conversation or you're in a conversation with somebody in your family or a friend. And every time they say something that may not be factually correct or you're not sure is accurate, you step in and intervene and kind of correct them. Or you know somebody who does this all the time. And I think it's important that more and more we we just let it be, especially when it's not super important stuff. So that's something I've been working on recently and a lot recently is when I hear things that I maybe I don't think are accurate or I don't feel are correct or maybe not truthful or you know whatnot, I just kind of let it slide, especially when it's not something that's vital to the situation or vital to somebody's life or health or something like that. I just, you know, I just, you know, bite your tongue and move on. And so as a coach, save the long-winded speeches. Don't coach up 10 different things before practice and 10 things after each game. Don't throw the whole kitchen sink at players. Let the, you know, be at peace knowing that you hit on the one or two most important things. Check the ego. All right. At the end of the day, nobody cares how many things you can, you know, you know, recite off and how much of an encyclopedia your mind is when it comes to baseball. What's going to matter to the players, to the parents, to the team is that they had fun and that they had success. That's it. Not how much you talked and how much you tried to convey that you knew about everything under the sun or under the stadium or under the roof of the Astrodome. Oh wait, the Astrodome, they don't have that. Did they take that out before they started cheating? or after. Ah, anyways, I don't want to date myself too much here with Astrodome and Metrodome and Kingdome talk. Man, the Kingdome, what a, man, they should have just turned the Kingdome into a jail, the Kingdome up in Seattle. Many of you are old enough to remember the Kingdome. They should just turn that into a jail because it was like pure concrete. And I remember my dad telling me he went to a couple games there and this had to have been 40 years ago or so. He went to a couple games. He goes, man, it felt like, you know, uh, my dad was a, a prison guard when he was younger. He did some, he did a few years. He was a prison guard in Montana and he was and so he had some background in in prisons and things and uh, he said going to the kingdom felt like you were in a jail and uh, I know it got pretty loud in there and man they had some legit players wow Griffey A-Rod Randy Johnson Edgar Martinez Jay Buhner man that team was loaded I'm probably leaving out a few studs man that team was legit great team to watch play but anyways I digress here I'm gonna get back part two just summarizing it use the 80-20 rule go read the 80-20 baseball is named for a reason it was it's not the 2080 baseball it's not 2080 baseball it's not the scouting scoring system it's 80 20 baseball for a reason because we can go out there and try to throw the whole kitchen sink at players and lose them and not really get anything across to them or also turn them off to kind of learning from you because you're just giving them so much or you you complicate things you clutter their mind and they play slow or you can give them the 20% of things that are going to bring 80 or 90% of the success and really hammer on those 20% it keeps the clarity in place and what not. So go read the 80-20 principle by 
Richard Koch, and it's spelled K-O-C-H, Richard Koch, and I think that book can change a lot of the things in your life. It's really reshaped how I look at life and my priorities and things like that, and it's not an exact 80-20 ratio for everything. Sometimes it's 5-95, sometimes it's 30-70, 70-30. It just depends on the situation and what you're, you know, the topic. Now, Part three, I highly recommend coaches use technology at a minimum for gamification purposes, for competition purposes. I know technology, there's so much coming at us and a lot of it's really cool technology and some of the coolest technology hasn't even come our way yet. So if you're, if you, I know some of you coaches follow this and most of you probably kind of follow the technology. You hear a lot of like Rap Soto and Eggertronic hit tracks and pitch FX. You got optic video coming in that's going to assess every single move to a millimeter of every player in professional baseball. You have stat cast, baseball, savant. I mean, it goes on and on. Technology is very prevalent in baseball and it's come really fast. But I think some of the coolest technology isn't even out there, except I do think that it is out there in the professional level. I just don't think that they're saying anything about it. One thing that's really important, and I'm going to digress here, but I think this is super important to understand from an amateur, from a college perspective, from uh, from a high school coaching perspective, from a youth coaching perspective, is what you see and hear the professional professional players doing and using is not always what's going on. In fact, I just read a really good book called The Swing Kings by Jared Diamond. And it was interesting that they talked about how that Justin Turner and Marlon Byrd and some other, you know, Aaron Judge was going to, you know, they're going to these hitting coaches, JD Martinez, that they were going to these hitting coaches. And it was like the Fight Club, which I've never watched that full movie. I probably should. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. I never really I like UFC and things like that. You know, I kind of I like watching boxing when it's when it's really skilled. But I never got I never really sat down. I think and watched all of Fight Club. Not that I'm against that kind of stuff. I love like World War II movies and things like that. I love movie. I love the movies, uh, the war movies. I just watched the uh, Lone Survivor. Man, that one was legit. So I, I just remember that in that movie Fight Club, it was first rule of Fight Club, right? Don't talk about Fight Club. Well. That actual sentence, that phrase was brought up in Jared Diamond's book, Swing Kings. It was first rule about going to hitting coaches outside of teams hitting coaches is don't talk about going to those hitting coaches. So what happens, I think, and this is just kind of a small anecdotal piece to what I think the bigger message here I'm trying to convey to all of you young coaches or, or even coaches that have been around a long time. I think it's very important to understand that what the professional teams are doing is not always, and a lot of times we're not hearing anything about it. The technology that they're using is stuff that we have no idea about. In fact, we may not know about for years and years. And there's a reason for that. It's just like with Apple. You think that the Apple watch came out five years ago. They started probably building that 10 or 15 years ago or eight years ago. I think that they were talking about the Apple Watch in Apple, within the community of Apple, within the business, well before we ever knew about it. And I think that goes true with so many things. By the time the public finds out about things, whether it's in a business or in professional baseball, it's been around for a lot longer than we know and think of. So like with technology, I wouldn't be surprised if there was some stuff that would blow our minds in terms of the technology some of these professional teams are using with virtual reality simulators or pitching labs and things like that where there's some just really crazy high-tech stuff and also not just that but they're using algorithms and modeling and things like that i know it's out there i know you're if you're listening and you're a professional uh coach or player you probably know exactly what i'm talking about i know this stuff's out there or at least it's on the precipice of being out there everywhere and but we're not going to hear a lot about this stuff at the youth level and below 
or I should say the youth level and the amateur level. But I think it's important that we as coaches use technology at a minimum for gamification purposes. So players love technology. So even if older coaches don't like it, that they need to understand that players like technology, like gamification. So even if you don't want to use all of this stuff that I'm talking about, all of this stuff that's coming at us and all this really cool, like interesting technology, and I don't blame you. I think sometimes it's this goes back to the paralysis by analysis or the law of diminishing return. But I do think that older coaches and all coaches love competitive players. And our players in today's game, they love to compete via technology. They love numbers. They love that. And that's nothing new. Statistics and numbers and quantifying things has always driven competition. My high school strength and conditioning coach, the the football coach, Bill Pendleton, who was an unbelievable coach. In fact, I'd love to get Coach Pendleton on this podcast sometime. The, The guy is just super, super bright coach. He would post all of the scores for your bench press, your squats, and, you know, the Olympic lifts type stuff. And I'll tell you what, when you're 17 and you see your name up there, he wouldn't post them all. Check that. He would put the leaderboards up there. When I would look up there and go, I want to be on the leaderboard or I want to get to that 200 pound bench, but I want to get to that 250. I want to get to that 300 pound, whatever mark and whatever lift. And that would drive me. That would drive me to, 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 he was gamifying it in a way, although he was using stencil and paint and putting it up there with little tacks. It wasn't technology like they have now, but he was doing that even then it's a lot easier now so i think tech makes gamification much easier and facilitates competition much more easily for coaches so all coaches young and old no competition works it's fun it drives the intensity level up and technology just makes it easier so at a minimum coaches let's start using technology for gamification purposes old school technology basic basic things like stopwatch just a stopwatch or like i said an apple watch or some kind of watch that time things i think that's a really good thing timing things stopwatches are great so it doesn't always have to be like a race simultaneous race it can be maybe one group goes real quick or two groups go but they're on a watch again i don't like groups sitting out to the side i don't like players sitting out a lot on drills i like to keep them all moving but a stopwatch can be a very effective way to gamify certain things especially competitions rap soto and things like that for say launch angle competitions or exit velocity competitions. You could even use a radar gun for that, just a simple radar gun. You have things like hit tracks. So those make batting practices comp- you know, competitive. And so you can make everything kind of competitive insofar as maybe you don't want to overload yourself with it. I get it. But at least from a competitive nature, look and see how you can use com- um, technology for a competitive. Maybe you don't want to use it necessarily for individual player development. Maybe you don't want to sit there and break down how to make a pitch more efficient, a spin rate efficiency, or the horizontal break on a pitch, or the vertical break on a pitch, and or you don't want to uh, necessarily, you know, work on exactly like the precise swing path using blast motion, but maybe you want to do things like exit velocity or launch angle, and you're saying, hey, I want to give a point for every everybody who hits between say 10 and 25 degrees on a launch angle. Personally, I would set it between. I would go a little more acute. I would go between about 12 to 23 degrees. I like that 25 degree mark. I think the optimal home run distance, the optimal home run distance, not pop-up this, not pop-up angles. Say I said distance, I meant angle. The optimal angle for a home run is like 24 degrees. You start getting like uh, launch angles like 40 degrees and stuff. Those the 45, 50. Those those are those are flyouts and pop-ups for the most part. But if you hit a ball with a full solid swing at like 20 degrees or 25 degrees, then you're in the money right there. So you can make something 
something like that. You could even drop it down to like line drives through those like hard hit home runs, maybe 10 degrees to 25 and make a, a, a point system out of it. Or maybe even like a tiered system. Like if you hit, you know, between 15 and 20, then it's five points and between 10 and 15 degrees of launch angle, then it's three points, anything between X, whatever, five and 10 is one. You can make a game out of it team that loses cleans the field cleans the dugout rakes up the mound makes everything nice puts the bases away yada 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 you can do it puts the batting cage away there's a lot of things you can do when it comes to gamification and also for the losing team i'm not a big fan of making teams run although you could do bear crawls i don't think running as a consequence is good go back and listen to other podcasts i got an article on 8020baseball.com that talks about that i'm just a huge proponent of using things like team chores or when if it is a physical consequence, you want to make the bear crawl. All right, so you can use gamification at a minimum, and you can do it with the old school stuff like a stopwatch or even a radar gun for exit velocity, things like that. I'd be a little careful using the radar gun with pitching velocity as gamification. I think you might get into some issues where players are more concerned about velocity than they are command, and I, I don't like that. I think throwing the ball firmly is great, but I also think command is, is absolutely necessary for all levels of success when it comes to pitching. But when it comes to hitting the ball hard, I think either you're going to hit the ball hard or not. And that actually has to do with you got to be on plane. You got to be squaring the ball up. So it's not just how fast you swing, but also that your technique is good too. It's on time and it's on plane. So I do think radar gun for exit velocity is something that I would definitely use. But it's that simple. You can also use rap soda, which makes takes care of all of that. You can do launch angle. You can uh, hit, hit track, same thing. You can do launch angle and exit velocity, all that. You spin. I wouldn't get into like who has the best spin rate for hitting a ball and throwing a ball. I think that should be more individualized if you even want to get to that. But for at a minimum, use technology to gamify it for players, all right? Find a virtual reality, a virtual hitting cage and do that. Go to hit tracks, hitting cages if you can. Make batting practice more competitive by gamification. All right, you guys. This is Coach Bo. It's been great having you along today. You take good care of yourself. Take good care of your family. And we'll see you in episode 34. This has been the 8020 Baseball Masterclass. Take it to the field.